tuned in to Word of Mom Radio here on the Word of Mom Media Network. Hello, everyone. My name is Jeanette Paxia, and this is Ordinary People, Extraordinary Lives. My sole purpose is to support others in living the life that makes them happy because life really is too short to live unhappily. As you've heard, if you've heard any of my shows, the reason that I do this is because when I was a nurse on the floor working with my patients, I realized that a lot of them had stories that they were dying with. Nobody had heard their stories. I worked with a lot of veterans, and I was fascinated by their stories, so I would sit and talk to them, which if you know, being a nurse, you don't really have a lot of time to sit and talk to people, but I had to hear their stories, and I felt that One day I would do something to make sure that no matter who you are, your story could get out there. You don't have to be famous to have a story. Everybody has a story, and it's important that we share those so that other people can learn from them. Today on the show, I have Doyle Banks. Now, Doyle is not only my first male guest, but I met him a few months ago at Action Talks. So both of us are part of Action Talks. We have apps. And we went to an event in San Francisco where we got to talk. I felt a deep connection to Doyle's speech. He talked about love. I really enjoyed watching him and felt that I learned a lot from it and knew that my audience would also connect with him. So welcome, Doyle. How are you? Hey, Jeanette. Uh, Thank you so much for inviting me. What an honor to be on your show and Holy cow, to be the first guy on the show. This is uh this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um yeah, thank you and I'm just smiling from ear to ear uh, remembering us meeting at Action Talks and yes, I had the same experience with you just really deeply resonating with your with your talk and then just your presence, your your person and just felt like, oh, I I've, I've found one of my tribe, as they say in the entrepreneurial world. I appreciate that. Whenever we go to these um, speeches, these events, there's so many people that we connect with. Well, most of the people there are like-minded. They think they're trying to do something to change the world, which is great. So it's interesting meeting people, but I always have these connections that I enjoy, and I feel like I have friends all over the world. Every time I go to an event, I meet someone new. So I really appreciated your speech. I appreciated meeting you. Can you tell the audience a little bit about you? Let's see where to begin, huh? Well, as you heard in my action talk, since I was eight years old, I've had this burning desire to figure out the answer to the question, can we just love each other? Everything I've done as I look back, I'm 70 years old now, so I can look back a ways and I can see the threads through all the decades, everything pulling me toward love. Now, sometimes I was pulling back the opposite way, but it's, it's just been this journey of how do I figure out how to love myself, having grown up thinking that I was unlovable and not worthy of love. And then, you know, how do I figure out how to love other people and do that well and really show up in that? And then, you know, I've had all kinds of roles in life from teaching high school and junior high choral music to working in a steel mill, 38 years as an IT consultant. Oh, wow. Um, So lots of, you know, lots of hats out there in the world. Probably about 20, well, let's see, 1995-ish, I started 
offering life coaching and personal development coaching as sort of a side gig in the last couple of years since re- being retired slash laid off. That's become my full-time gig. And well, you don't look 70. Oh, well, <laughs> I can tell you that you don't look 70. Well, thank you. I, love sounds like such a simple thing. I mean, if we all start with love, imagine how much better the world would be, which is, you know, our goal is to make the, the world a better place. And if you start with love, then you're going to be kind to people. If you start with love, then you're not going to, you know, you're going to pause and not jump on people and yell and argue and cuss them out and all of that stuff. If we could just look to love first, I, I absolutely love that. If you could go back to your 12 year old self, you talked about being eight. So a couple years later at 12 and you could give yourself some advice, what would that be? What I would say to 12-year-old Doyle would be, you're going to experience some pain in life. And at 12 years old, I had already experienced some significant pain and trauma. Mm-hmm. And I would say, stay focused on love and compassion. First and foremost, stay focused there. First for yourself, you know, figure out how to love yourself. And then, you know, for others in general, and then work on figuring out how to love the people who along the way have hurt you. And, Forgiveness um, and yeah. I tell myself, keep your heart free of hatred and anger as best okay. you can. Practice mindfulness to be able to stay in your body and stay present to what's happening in your life and present to and for the people around you who you do love. I would say uh, also to myself, make a regular practice of forgiveness. There's a wonderful say forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. There's a wonderful Hawaiian practice you've probably heard of. It's called Ho'oponopono, and uh, it's a beautiful practice of forgiving ourselves, forgiving others in our lives. Um, there's some wonderful visualizations and meditations you can find on YouTube to kind of guide you through that practice. And then I would say, learn how to express your feelings and your needs Mm. in a nonviolent way. Yes, because at 12, uh, you put the hormones in there. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. Yeah. And I, I was, I was full on, you know, I had the anger dial all the way up to 11, you know, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, at that age, especially if you've been already dealt with trauma. Right. Right. And then, go ahead. ahead, Just to finish that off, I would tell myself uh, have more fun, play more. (laughs) That's that's sad that at 12, though, that's what we should be doing is having fun and not trying to be adults, not trying to grow up too fast. My kids always said, well, you know, you're lucky because you're an adult. And I I said, you know, just be present to where you're at right now and enjoy that time. Because being an adult is difficult, too. You think it's (laughs) easy because you get to make more choices. and But enjoy that time in school and be present. I, I honor all that you just said. I mean, it's important to think about that. And I hope that some kids hear this. But for some reason, today must be a day of forgiveness for me, of learning to forgive. All day long, I was listening to Lisa Nichols this morning, and then I was listening to, in Mind Valley, I listened to that on my walk, and they were talking about forgiveness and how important it is. And it's not, forgiveness is not for the other person. Forgiveness is important 
for you. It is. Um, who's, who says the quote? Is it Nelson Mandela who says that if it, if you don't forgive, it's like feeding some. What is it? The poison quote where you yeah, oh, look it up. Drinking, can't it, right? Yeah, drinking poison and expecting that it's going to harm someone else or something. I apologize yeah, for all those yeah. listening out there that I don't have the exact quote, but I think you know it. I'm trying to say it's important that you forgive. We we really feel like it's for someone else's for us. Right. And carrying that around. So I think today I must need to forgive somebody <laughs> because yeah. it's been in my presence all day today. Yeah. And I appreciate that you, you saying that. I love to talk about people's accomplishments. There's things that sometimes you forget or some, sometimes you do them and you, you do focus on them mm. and are proud. But what is one of your top accomplishments and maybe some obstacles that you had to overcome to achieve it? Well, there are two that are tied for first place. One is healing my relationship with myself and then healing my relationship with my three children and their mother, my former wife. Everything else, you know, is kind of extra. Uh, but those two things just will always be my top prizes, if you will, or my top accomplishments. Accomplishment. Yeah. And the obstacle there was at 12 years old, I really got myself locked into this trap of blame and shame and guilt, which led into, you know, cycles of depression and anger and rage and so on. And so freeing myself from that cycle, I think is really thus far my, my biggest accomplishment and the, the biggest obstacle I've had to, to overcome. And it, it affects generations when you do that, right? It's not just for you. Yeah. And it's not always easy, but it's important. Those relationships are so important. I often mention my mom on these shows with people that listen, mm. maybe tired of hearing it, but if I had regrets when she passed, if I had regrets when my father passed, it would have been a lot worse. It's horrible that I lost them both. But I think it's important that you heal these relationships and that you focus on that, go, going back to love, because there's going to be a time when they're not there. You know, there's going to be a time where if, if you didn't get to do that before they pass or before they leave your life, then it's harder to work through that. So I think that's really extremely important and good accomplishment. And because I'm hyper-focused on things, and forgive me, but I had to get the right quote because I just, you know, you have to give credit. <laughs> so I did get, it is Nelson Mandela, and not forgiving someone is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. That's the, the quote. I had to look it up. I was like, wait, I have to say this right. If someone says something and you're repeating it, it has to be, you have to say it right. correctly. Yeah. At least that's me. So Same I did. Here. I appreciate that quote, but it, if you really focus on that and think about it, how many times, you know, do you not forgive somebody and what does that do to you? It's eating you up inside, really. Right, right. Yeah. And you may I, not know it. I tell people uh, when I teach compassionate communication, we get onto the topic of forgiveness. One of the first objections people usually come up with was, yeah, but, you know, they shouldn't get away with whatever the thing was. And I said, it's, it's not about justice. It's not about letting the other person mm -hmm. off the hook or not calling them to account. 
and to take responsibility. It's about unhooking ourselves from carrying that that burden of sitting in the judgment seat. That's that's a huge burden to carry, right? To to be Lord and judge of the universe, right? I, I think somebody else somewhere has that job who can probably do it better. So anyway, you know, it's, yeah, unhooking ourselves, releasing ourselves from that, that burden. And there's sometimes things that seem unforgivable, and I can't even imagine. I know that my mentor, Jack Canfield, talks about a story of a mom and the person who murdered her son and that she forgave him, and she actually took him in, and he stayed at her house. Now, I cannot find that story right now to give you the information on who that was, but imagine even forgiving somebody who's done that to you or, you know, taking that person from you, your child. I, I cannot even begin to imagine, but you are not the person to judge, and you are not the person that is not for you to do, and if you take that on to yourself, it's just going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. And as I said in the beginning, life is too short. Mm-hmm. My mom passed at 66. It seemed like a flash that she was in my life. And I don't want to pass on with all of this on, you know, on me, the stuff that I didn't do when I could have been focusing on good and focusing on doing stuff for others. And although people do, I mean, I've had horrible things done to me. I'm not saying that I haven't, or I'm sure that people have needed for, to forgive me. I'm not perfect for things. But I don't want to carry that around with me every day. Right. So I think not only did I need to hear that today because there's a situation that I'm in, but I think someone out there needed to hear how important it was today. Release that. It's coming towards the end of the year. It's a good time to release those and move forward. I think that you're, you will find a lot more good is attracted to you when you let go of all of that. Right, right. Just real quick, I just this morning, it's interesting, yeah, um, I was listening to a uh, Dharma talk from one of the meditation teachers I follow, and he got on the topic of forgiveness. I, I forgot about that until <laughs> just now. And he told the story of a, a woman uh, in Iran whose son had been murdered. In Iran, they have a, a law that in a situation like that, the parents can decide whether or not, in this case, the murderer gets the death penalty. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so she wrestled with it, wrestled with it, and wrestled with it. And the day came, and they had him, the murderer, you know, seated with literally with a noose around his neck, prepared. And she walked up to him slapped him as hard as she could slap him and then took the noose off of his neck and said, you know, I, I wrestled the last three nights and my son has visited me in my dreams and begged me to forgive you. Wow. And, I have chills. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. And say, what, what, I wonder what is going on in the world today that we're both listening this morning to, Stories of forgiveness. Um, I I love to start out my day listening to, you know, things where I can learn to better myself mm-hmm. and interesting. Yeah, I absolutely believe in someone needs to hear this right now. So hopefully those of you out there are hearing this and actually taking it in and think about that. Think about forgiving. 
We are actually going to take a break, a quick break on Word of Mom Radio to thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back. She is brave. She is bold. She is you. And we want to tell your story. Are you ready to share your journey with us on Word of Mom Radio? Go to wordofmomradio.com and register as a guest. We want to tell your story because when you win, we all win. Unsilenced Voices has been working diligently in Ghana, Sierra Leone, Rwanda, and the USA to combat domestic violence, sexual abuse, and human trafficking. We currently have over 50 young girls on a wait list in Sierra Leone to go through a vocational training program to get them off the streets and out of harm's way. We have gifted over $33,000 to U.S. survivors and are looking for volunteers and donors to help us continue our cause. Please visit us at www.unsilencedvoices.org. Again, unsilencedvoices.org for more information. Don't let the name fool you. Stadiumbags.com is not just for sports fans. Our clear bags make it easier for you to get into any venue that you go to. And in today's world where we are so concerned about germs, the materials that our bags are made with are strong enough to stand up to the solvents that you can use to clean your bag so you know you come home safely. So check out stadiumbags.com. You'll see why we are the clear choice, because safety, it's in the bag. And we're back on Word of Mom Radio. We're talking to Doyle Banks. We've had some interesting conversations about love and forgiveness. I think this is going to be a perfect show for right around Thanksgiving, which is when this will come out. Um, No matter when you're listening to this, I think it can help. We're going to turn it around a little bit and talk about, Doyle, something that you are proud of that few people know about, or they would be surprised to know about you. All right. Well, let's see. Um, One amazing opportunity I got a couple of years ago, uh, I'm an authorized Buddhist Dharma teacher, and in 2021, there was a conference, international conference of uh, Western Dharma teachers, and it only happens uh, every five years. I had only been authorized for three or four years at that point, but they put out a call for presentations, and so I, I thought, well, I'm going to you know, put one out there. So I offered to do a presentation uh, on nonviolent communication, and they accepted it. And so I got to present on that to oh, wow. to you know this international audience. A lot of these people are you know in the Western Buddhist world, internationally famous. Uh, Joseph Goldstein, Jack Cornfield, Sharon Salzberg. You know now they weren't at my talk, but those are the, the you know some of the people that attend these conferences or this conference. So uh, that that was one really fun, amazing thing that has happened in that's my exciting. life. That's exciting. As yeah. a speaker, for me, that's exciting to be able to present somewhere like that. I love that. Sounds like you may have traveled a little bit or lived a few places. Where's your favorite place that you've ever lived or been? I'd say my favorite place I've visited was Rome, Italy. 
One of the reasons that made it extra special was that I had been traveling for my IT consultant job for a few years and had built up some miles and hotel points. So I got to, you know, we were actually divorced, but I took my former wife, our, our son and our younger daughter for 10 days. And we just, that was uh, my former wife and I, well, actually for all of us, that was our first overseas trip. And uh, we just. What a place to go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was just amazing. I remember one afternoon we were walking through a section of the city on this brick road. And I looked down, we were passing this building and uh, there was this little plaque that said, you know, this building was built by Julius Caesar or, in, you know, in his time. <laughs> it was like, oh, my goodness. I, what an experience. The steps of history. The steps of history, right. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, I thought, you know, wow, I wonder who all have walked on these bricks, you know, mm-hmm. over all these hundreds of years. I cannot wait to go there. I'm Italy is on my bucket list. My yeah. dad is from Sicily. I cannot wait to go. Oh, and awesome. we have relatives in uh, Rome and I, it's on my list. I was supposed to go during COVID, but obviously that didn't happen. Right. I felt that way when I was in Boston. So I can mm. imagine being in, in a country that is even older and has even a longer history. But I felt that way when I was in Boston walking around. Who's walked here? You know, who's been here before? Wow, this city, you know, has a lot of history. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. California, where I live, not so much as, as you know, most of <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Unless you're the gold rush. <laughs> right. But um, I'm glad you mentioned Boston. I've actually been there, too. Uh, yes, like, like you Boston. said, a, an amazing historical place. I went to Annapolis, Maryland, several times for my IT consulting. And mm-hmm. I actually, uh, there's a hotel slash tavern there, and they actually have a registry book uh, with George Washington's signature. Oh, wow. I, I, like, I say wow a lot, don't I? Sorry, sorry, audience. <laughs> I guess my word of the day is wow. That is really, I went to uh, Maryland a lot when I was doing IT, Mm. Um, I did IT for medical, so I okay. would travel around, and I used to go to Maryland a lot. Oh. But I don't think I ever went there. <laughs> no? <laughs> I didn't go to that, that hotel slash tavern. No. Uh, I, that was not on my list. But no. it, right. it's interesting to travel around and see, and definitely live uh, growing up in the West. And when you grow up in California, you're kind of all-encompassed in California because it's so big, you know, you could drive eight hours one way, eight hours the other way from where I live and be still in California that I didn't explore that much out of California. Although there's a lot of beautiful things here and a lot of things to see. Mm-hmm. But I love the history um, from the East Coast and yes. getting to, I, I've been going to Boston a lot because my son goes to college outside of Boston. So I, uh-huh. I was just there a couple of weeks ago. Uh-huh. When you were in Vegas doing, uh, there's an event, JVX, I was in Boston and in Vermont. <laughs> okay. Oh, so, I love, yeah, I love it, that area. It, it was fall. It was beautiful. Mm. You know, we all have also had a defining moment in our life. I speak of mine all the time with my mom. What was the defining moment that you had that really changed the outcome of your life? And you really had to make a choice that, you know, there's two roads, which way do I go? 
So something that you can remember that you can share with the audience. You know, it was interesting that you asking me about the 12 year old, because that was one of those moments for me. I'd had an experience at eight years old, sort of, uh, not sort of, it was a transcendent experience where this question got downloaded into my being about, can we love one another? And then at 12, I had an interaction with my mom and something got triggered inside of me. I don't like that word triggered, but can't think of a better word, right? Activated maybe. And this, this anger and, and rage just erupted. And I remember making a vow on the school bus that morning on the way to school that I was going to, I thought, defend myself by being angrier at her than she was at me, or that at least that I perceived she was in my 12-year-old mind. And that really set me on this course of, of anger, uh, depression, rage, violence, and at the same time, I was going to church every Sunday, you know, and doing all of these other things, trying to figure out how to be a loving person. And it was almost this Jekyll and Hyde like a conflict kind of existence, you... right? Yeah. Right. Um, and then in my mid-40s, I had started doing therapy. I'd started doing various healing modalities, working on chipping away with forgiveness as best I could, particularly toward my mom. And I read the words of the Buddha that he had spoken 2,600 years ago, where he said, hatred can never put an end to hatred. Only love can. And the wow. tectonic plates wow. of my life shifted, literally. I mean, it just something happened in my body, Jeanette, in that moment. I was sitting in this little studio apartment in downtown Portland, Oregon, reading this, and it felt like the entire earth moved underneath me. Can you and say that, it again? Hatred? Hatred can never put an end to hatred. Only love can. And I forget which speech, but Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. used a paraphrase of that in one of his famous speeches. I don't think it was the I Have a Dream speech, but... Mm -hmm. I, I do remember that he uh, said that at some point. And that tilted the momentum for me then to really break out of those cycles and really begin to develop an uh, attitude, a heart of goodwill toward, again, toward myself, my mother, and others. That's amazing. I can imagine sitting there reading that and I've been there where something that you read or say it just clicks. You may have read it a hundred times before. You may have seen it a hundred times before, but at that moment in time, it clicks with you and it creates enough in you where you are going to go do something about it and take action from that. I've also heard you say a couple of times about your eight-year-old and then your 12-year-old self. Those must have been really moments, I mean, for you to remember those happening, they had to be really instrumental in your life to get you to where you are. But look at where you are now and what you've done and how many people you help from those things that happened to you at, back at that time. Right. So we are lucky that you've taken those stories and now you're using them to help others. And you've continued to use them to better yourself, it sounds like, through the years. 
Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, I give a lot of credit uh, to the late Dr. Wayne Dyer. You know, I, <laughs> I spent a lot of uh, days, uh, you know, during my divorce and afterwards reading Dr. Wayne and um, his writings. I actually got to see him live in Chicago a few years before he passed. I would have loved to see him live. He, he, he was an amazing presence. Just real quick, he, I was, we were in this huge ballroom in this hotel in Chicago. There were probably 800, maybe a thousand people. And you could feel something coming from the back of the room. And I was sitting like in the front row (laughs) and I turned around and he was just quietly making his way up the center aisle, stopping, saying hi to people, shaking hands, just, you know, calmly, quietly, humbly coming into the room and then came up on the stage and started talking. You could feel his energy. You could feel his energy, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. So anyway, those two particular events have helped me figure out that the main thing I want to be known for in my life is that people who encounter me know that I love and care, love them and care about them. And one of the things uh, that I'm, Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.